You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, Lucy Dickens here, and you're listening to Doing Law Differently. Another new topic for us today as we take a look at education and training in the legal industry, and particularly how we can improve it for our next generation of lawyers. I have trained and mentored many law grads and junior lawyers and I've designed countless training programs for them throughout my time in the profession. So I like to think I've got a pretty good idea of the kind of skills that we need to teach our junior members and have some of my ideas of my own about how we can change the education system to better prepare our colleagues for the future of the industry. Some of the things that I see really lacking are those practical skills around project management and business type skills, how to communicate with clients that are just so essential to the work we do, but not taught at university. Earlier this year, I connected with Jessie Porteous and invited her on the podcast after discovering that she shared a lot of my interest around this future of the profession and the changing needs of legal education. Jessie is a Sydney-based in-house lawyer and founder of startup business The Learned Crew, an Australian-based legal training business that aims to prepare the next generation of lawyers for the real world of law by bridging that gap between the theory taught at law school and the practical skills required by lawyers. You can see why I was keen to get her on. TLC provide online simulation courses, practical skills workshops, outsourced onboarding and training and development programs, and they have a particular focus on in-house. And as you'll hear in the interview, Jessie has developed a training program for in-house internships as a way to encourage law grads to consider an in-house career path. Before I play the interview, remember I'm planning out episodes for 2020 and I'm really keen to hear either what topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast or what people you'd like me to interview. So drop me an email, lucy at lucydickens.com.au and let me know what you think because I'd love to tailor the content to the kinds of things that you're interested in. Now over to the interview. Enjoy. Hello, Jessie. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, I've given an introduction to the Learned Crew in my intro, but I reckon we'd all quite like to hear it from you. So tell us about what you do at TLC. Yeah, well, the Learned Crew, or TLC for short, is a legal training business that aims to prepare the next generation of lawyers, bridge that gap between the legal theory that's taught at law school and the practical skills required by lawyers in this sort of ever-changing and disrupted legal profession. This has actually been a bit of a brainchild that I've had for about seven years. When I finished law school, I really missed education and um, sort of started a blog to help law students actually with study tips and career tips and how to write a resume and that sort of thing, that I would start some kind of education business that did help law students and help young lawyers. I came from a family of teachers, felt it was like in the genetics and, you know, fast forward seven years and I'd been in the legal profession, I'd worked as a judge's associate in private practice, in community legal centres, at the DPP and now in-house where I've been for the last five years. And so I thought it would be a really interesting time at the moment given the disruption and, and even you, Lucy, you're talking to people who are innovating in the industry and I thought, I think... The legal profession's ready for this kind of thing and ready for a new change and a change to legal education. And so I started my business 
And for the last year, I have worked on TLC and really worked on providing online courses and training and induction modules. It's kind of like outsourced onboarding Mm. and particularly in the niche in-house space. I saw that there was a bit of a gap in terms of training in-house. I know that in-house teams are lean, mean machines, and but with that means that there's often not time to train new starters or train secondees or even train up lawyers who are really experienced. And so um, I created these online modules that are basically in-house 101. And that's been really exciting to be working with clients and helping them onboard their their new starters and getting them to sort of simulate a day in the life of an in-house counsel and get to practice those skills that are needed. Mm. I'm interested to learn a bit more about the type of skills that you see as being I guess, missing when students come out of university and before they start this internship, because I do a lot of training of law students and law graduates and also junior lawyers. And I also recognize this mismatch because a lot of what we're taught at university is of the theory of law. And I see then what's missing in law students or grads is a lot of the practical skills. So what are some of the kind of skills that you see as lacking and which you then teach through your program? Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting when you're at law school and you study contract law and it's all about the cases and the case theory rather than picking up a contract and knowing exactly how to negotiate an indemnity clause, for example. So so that's one of the things that we do. But I think there's a few skills that could be really drawn upon and, and they include, it's funny, none of them are really legal skills. It's things like being commercial for your clients, being curious, being comfortable with technology, being strategic, being actually personable and even creative and having that business mindset, being a leader as well and actually connecting with people on a genuine and human level. Yeah. Lawyers are humans, we're not robots. And so, but bringing that that adaptability and that human element towards when you're giving advice is so much better than just looking at a problem just from the legal lens. You know, clients in the real world are so much more complicated than that and they have needs and there's things that are connected, there's context that you need to understand and even drawing on that, asking the right questions. One of my first weeks in my in-house role, I was told that you don't necessarily need to know all the answers, but you need to know the right questions to ask. Yeah, it's funny you say that. One of the first things I teach our new staff on their first day with us is that it's okay not to have all the answers because I think that's something that you come out of university and you're kind of taught to write an exam, not so much to write a letter to a customer. But there's an expectation that you know all the answers, whereas I don't think you do. I think you you don't need to know the answers. You need to know how to tell somebody that you'll find out and kind of learn how to be confident around not knowing because we just can't know everything. Absolutely. And that's also like drawing upon the knowledge of your colleagues and um, the people in your work teams and things, knowing when to ask them for help and when to be able to collaborate, you know, whether it's from an in-house perspective with your fellow teammates and with your external lawyers as an extension of the in-house team, whether you're in a law firm, it's drawing upon the amazing knowledge of the partners and senior associates in the team. And it's kind of knowing how to swallow your pride as well and know when to reach out for help. Now, I know you have a keen interest in in-house in particular and probably in part because you work in an in-house role. But one of the things you've told me is that you want more law students to consider a career in-house. And so that's partly why you've developed that in-house 
legal clerkship that you just touched on before. I'm interested to understand more about that legal clerkship. Tell us how it operates and what you see as sort of the ben- the benefits for teams who engage you through that. Oh, I'm so excited about this clerkship program. It's been a bit of a dream of mine. And I'm so lucky to have the support and partnership of the ACC Australia, so the Association of Corporate Counsel, a membership body for in-house lawyers. And we've come together to create this clerkship program. And again, what we saw was that in-house teams, they want to give back. They want to have law students come on board and learn the ways of in-house and develop those skills in commercial thinking and business mindset in being able to ask the right questions. But often in-house teams are quite lean and so what they need is a bit of support. And so our program is like a whole turnkey solution. It's, it's like we, we help them actually find the students. So we'll do some shortlisting of applications and then we will also help train them. So the in-house modules that I mentioned before that I work with legal teams directly, we also do a clerkship program version of that, which is two days of face-to-face training and we have online support and support from me personally for the students so that they are not going in blind and they can actually kind of almost hit the ground running when they get their feet under the desk Mm. because it's something in-house is not really something that's mentioned or taught in law school generally. And so it's really a good introductory way. And then the clerkship's quite flexible. So we know that some legal teams would love to have someone full-time for three or four weeks over summer or winter. Others might say, you know what, I just want a student one day a week. And so we want to be able to provide that flexibility so that it suits the legal team's And it certainly suits law students who might have jobs and are obviously studying as well. So we ran a a pilot of this program in July this year with seven legal teams just in Sydney. And it was a huge success. So we've actually just announced the launch of our 2020 programs. We're running one in the first half just for Sydney and then in the second half for Sydney and Melbourne. So we're really excited about it. What are some of the benefits that were seen by those in-house teams who who got their clerks to go through your program? Yeah, so um, some of the legal teams, they were able to get their clerks to do some pretty cool tasks. So one team, they had some really wordy policies and complex policies that they were finding didn't get cut through with their business clients. And so they actually asked their law students to use a graphic design program to visualize those complex policies and convert them into like steps one to five of, you know, how to comply with the data breach policy, for example. Others worked on research tasks. Some One law student was actually used for a pro activity and because of her personal and professional experiences, this law student was able to answer questions that the legal team couldn't, <laughs> which is really interesting. But broadly, we received really good feedback that firstly, it was great for the teams to have someone in there that they could mentor and so that they could create people management and delegation skills. It was also a good opportunity for them to give back to the next generation of of lawyers and um, for the law students, seven out of the eight of the law students said they would definitely consider an in-house career afterwards. So that was a really good, really good result. And one of them, one of the law students was also hired part-time afterwards. So that was a great win. I was very happy for her. (laughs) That's brilliant. And that's all just from your pilot program as well. That, That was just sort of the testing the waters, wasn't it? To see what kind of 
changes or what kind of benefit you could bring from this program. So it's wonderful that that you've already had such great results just from your, you know, round number one. Absolutely. I've been like just blown away at how that program went and that's why we definitely wanted to continue it further. And I see that law students, they all look at the, the law firm summer clerkships and they are so important as well. I did one as well, but it's really cool to add something innovative and different, even complements a law firm summer clerkship. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. So it's really exciting to create something a bit different and the law students are loving it. I'm getting inundated. <laughs> well, good, good. It's also opening their eyes up to other career paths because I expect, and this could just be my kind of interpretation, but I think that a lot of law students would say, even if they had an interest in in-house, that's assuming they knew it was a career path, they might say, I'll get some experience in a firm first and then I'll move to in-house later. So it's good that you're opening up the doors there as a career opportunity and encouraging them to explore that earlier on in their career as a different as a different avenue. Yeah, absolutely. And look, in-house isn't ready to, I mean, as a generalised sort of statement, isn't ready to have graduates I don't think like unless it's a quite a large in-house team you don't tend to see roles coming up at the very junior level I would love to see that change I think in-house is very much increasing you only need to look on LinkedIn or Seek or whatever and you see a lot more in-house roles coming up and even more at a junior level so I do see that this could be something in, in the future but absolutely at the moment it's something that law students can can get some insight in and they might consider going in-house after a couple of years of doing something else. Absolutely. Well, I spoke to Sheldon Rankima a couple of episodes back and he is in-house and also heavily involved with Clock. And one of the things he told me was that they at West Farmers, he's in-house at West Farmers, were trying to streamline and design systems and processes for a lot of the more simple work. And I would see an opportunity there for law graduates or less experienced practitioners to become involved, especially when work can be designed and systemized in such a way that simplifies it and means that you don't necessarily need a 10-year experienced person with a practice certificate to be able to deliver the service. So I definitely think you're onto something. I think that there will be some changes there as we kind of get used to this new market that we're in with legal services. Absolutely. And I think that law students can start contributing to those kinds of innovation projects now. And in fact, that was one of the things we said to the legal teams that are, that participate in the clerkship, which is that those tasks that legal teams know that they've got to, they've got to, for example, automating a contract or converting a complex document to something a bit more simple or, you know, process mapping something that could be reduced in complexity. That's something that a law student would have the time, the energy to to help out. I think so too. So I'm keen to understand a bit more about how you offer the training and the types of training that you do. I know you mentioned in the in the beginning that you use a simulated environment to teach a lot of these skills. So what what does that look like? So to take the the clerkship program for example and some of the in-house modules that I've created, what I'll do is I'll even get my students and whether they're lawyers or, or law students I'll give them an urgent inbox full of tasks, mm-hmm. exactly like you would get in an in-house environment. So there might be an email that says, oh, you know, I've got this contract that's very urgent. Here it is attached so you've got no other information. Or, you know, here is here's a trademark that I need to get applied for or registered. Can you please attend to that? 
And so I've got about 10 or 15 emails that I'll start them off with and they need to firstly put it in order of what they would do. So they need to consider, is it high risk? Is it commercially important and strategically important to, to your client? We then break down those tasks when we get to the particular module. So whether it's contract module, IP module, competition law module, and then we'll actually do those tasks. So we'll consider what questions would you ask your clients to get more information and then having a look at what they've sent you and how you would advise on that. And then we discuss and collaborate. And I think that's really important as well as learning how to work in that team environment as well. Try and do complement it with face-to-face simulations. I love that you just start off by getting them or teaching them skills around project management. That's so often something that's not taught anywhere, really, and often not even discussed in law firms when new stuff start. It's, it's more of an expectation that you'll know how to manage your workload as opposed to somebody actively saying, how would you approach this? And then kind of going through that learning approach of teaching different ways of managing workload and managing client expectations. Absolutely. And sometimes there's no right way or wrong way to do it. And it's interesting to share the differences in which ones you would do first. But I agree with you. I think lawyers are great project managers because we're highly organized. We sometimes like to um, take the lead. And so it's a natural fit, particularly when we're running big deals or working on large matters. So (laughs) it does make sense. And I think the earlier that students and young lawyers get involved in that kind of balance and that kind of prioritization, the better. I must say, I actually don't see that with the people who I supervise. Some people are naturally well-organized and great project managers, but a lot aren't. And I think that's why it's so good that you're teaching those skills, because if you are organized and great at managing projects and just, you know, like you and I, I think it's easy to assume that everybody else is. But actually, I think they're not. And so I think they are really important skills to teach, which is why I was I was excited that that was how you start your, your learning program. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, But that's the other thing as well is actually working to your strengths. It's something um, that I've learned very recently, which is we're not all good at everything and where we might be weak, that's where we can draw upon an amazing colleague or teammate of ours that is really strong on that and focusing on their strengths so that you can focus on yours. Mm. So, But yeah, I think it's, it's still an essential skill and it's worth getting used to it when, you know, workload high, the pressures are high. That's when those kinds of project management skills really come in handy because you can work under that kind of pressure. So leaving aside the training aspect, what are some of the changes that you think we're seeing from an in-house perspective in the legal profession? Certainly the innovation drive is absolutely hit in-house. We see new providers of automation, AI, other kind of law services and new law. We see that all the time. Um, quite difficult to keep up really and you know we feel the pressure of needing to do more with less and needing to streamline and provide more self-service for our clients so that we're not doing absolutely everything but we're focusing on the high priority stuff so we're certainly in-house feeling that but it's such an exciting time because you get to work on the really interesting stuff and then that lower value lower risk work there might be a really cool tool or or trick or tech that can help you get your job done easier and actually lead to better outcomes for clients. So it's a current challenge, which is that innovation, but I think it's a super exciting time to be working in law and certainly in-house. 
Yeah, that's my favorite part too, without a doubt, is that we can use technology to automate the grunt work or even eliminate the grunt work. And that means that we're freed up to spend time on the much more meaningful and interesting and strategic and exciting work, as opposed to sort of the paper pushing or the low level, more routine work. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a lot of time that it does take to actually get you there, but it's so worth it because you might be doing all of the business as usual work, plus working on templates, guidelines, Mm -hmm. self-service, process mapping, creating a great intranet. All that stuff does take a lot of time and effort, but it is so worth it in the end when you start seeing those efficiencies and start seeing happier clients and also happier lawyers. Mm, Absolutely. It's work you can benefit from over and over again, isn't it? It's an initial investment, but it's never time that's wasted. It always pays dividends. Definitely. What is some advice that you can leave us with for people in-house or otherwise and law students or otherwise, anybody you like? So people who are looking to do law differently. Well, for law students, I think say yes to every opportunity and really sink your teeth into very different scenarios, different work experiences. Mentoring is really important. Find a great mentor. I have many amazing mentors and shout out to all of them. I've got quite a few, but it's really important to find some great mentors in your life that will help you along the way and help to share those tips and tricks Mm. and also I really care for you law students so please check out my website and um, there's (laughs) lots of tips and tricks that I'm very happy to share that's why I started it because I just I love law students and I am worried about the stress that they put themselves under so that's my gift to law students yeah we'll include the link for that in the show notes as well so you can head there to find it oh thank you and for in-house lawyers I'd love to be part of the clerkship program if you're interested in giving back to law students. But I think also doing things differently like process mapping some things or getting some quick wins with some low-hanging fruit, like whether it's creating a better template for your clients so that you're not completing Word document contracts every time or whether it's putting all of your guidelines and tip sheets and things like that in a great intranet page so that it's really self-service for your clients. Or we started doing a legal clinic couple mornings a week so that our clients can just sit in with us face-to-face for 10 minutes to save themselves an email and go over a quick legal issue. We find that that really saves time as well. So there's cool little quick wins that we've tried and you don't know unless you try. So if it doesn't work, doesn't matter. Just you can just move on. But I found that's been really helpful. Yeah, that's half the challenge is just getting started and trying something and kind of getting over that fear of failing. Yeah, absolutely. But but you just don't know if you don't try. So That's it. Well, thank you for sharing with us. It's been interesting to learn some more about the Learned Crew and your training and all the types of skills that you are trying to teach for the next generation of lawyers. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So that's all from Doing Law Differently today. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, I'd love it if you could leave a rating and review on iTunes. It makes a big difference because it really helps other people to find out about the show. And lastly, if you or someone who you know is doing law differently, then send them my way at doinglawdifferently.com.au forward slash guest. I'd love to have as much variety on the show as possible. So do send them over. See you next week. See you next week.